Is investment something that's always been on your mind, but you don't quite know how to get started on that journey? We are here to set you on the right course. Welcome to My Cashflow Academy's Investor's Corner with your host, Athena Paquette Cornier. We are all about getting out of the rat race through creating positive passive income through real estate investing. Here you'll hear from regular people just like you and the professionals who support us towards greater wealth. Learn before you earn, move from analysis to action, and find the right path to attaining the success that you've always dreamed of for yourself. Now, here's your host, Athena. So, hello everyone. I'm Athena, and I want to welcome you to our Cashflow Academy calls with our different advocates for the real estate investors. And today's talk is going to be about earthquake insurance. I've been getting so many calls, questions, emails, texts even from people, you know, because of the recent earthquakes here, asking me if they should get earthquake insurance. So I thought, who better than my insurance agents, Sean and Debbie Zenker, to come on uh, with all their years of experience, all the ups and downs, many earthquakes over the last 30, 35 years. Like, why do we think we need earthquake insurance when there's an earthquake? Well, I guess because all of a sudden it's in our attention span. So I just wanted to introduce you guys to Sean and Debbie and have just kind of an earthquake 101 insurance talk tonight. So welcome, Sean and Debbie. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for inviting us. Yeah, it's great to actually. We don't talk hardly at all. No, <laughs> yeah, more things. So. Yeah, it's nice to actually see you guys for once. Lots of emails. Yeah, lot, lots of emails between us over the years. Yeah, for sure. So, why don't you give us kind of a little bit of your background? How long you've been doing insurance? You know, are you agents? Are you like kind of what's your background? How did you even get into insurance of all things? Uh, okay, well, I'll start off. Basically, we've been licensed to, insure, uh, to sell insurance since 1991. Started off as a farmer's insurance agency, did that for, I think, about 17 years. Then we went independent. As far as how we got into business, Debbie actually uh, had her uh, real estate license. And uh, I was a district manager for a company. And I could kind of see the writing on the wall. That company wasn't going to make it. So I reached out to a friend of ours that owned an insurance agency and was thinking that, you know, maybe I'll go to work for him, that kind of thing. And I said that I meet with him and uh, he introduced me to uh, the Farmers Insurance uh, Reserve Program. And, um, you know, I had visions in my eyes that, yeah, you open an office and, you know, people come in, they buy insurance. And it really wasn't like that at all. Uh, in fact, the first, uh, the first meeting that we went to, they basically put down a phone book in front of me and said, start making phone calls. Oh my God. <laughs> My heart just dropped into my stomach when, when that happened. My, you know, Debbie, <laughs> she, um, she's an animal when it comes to that stuff. She loved it. <laughs> she made it into a game, basically. So awesome. Yeah. So the insur- you're kind of like a little bit quiet, like today, as I know you, you're a little bit quiet, maybe a little reserved. You might even say, oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Looking at that phone book and thinking of calling. You know, strangers. (laughs) Not going to happen. He was mortified, to say the least. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And Debbie, you thought, well, have fun. Let's give it a shot. It was like that. My (laughs) first job was ever was a tell. I was a telemarketer. So for me, I was very seasoned, didn't mind talking to people. So it just seemed to work. 
That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So basically, the insurance got busy, and uh, Debbie kind of pushed the real estate thing to the side, and she joined me, and that's kind of how we teamed up to do this together. Yeah. Wow. That is very cool. So that was 1991. So you've been in the business uh, well, as long as you. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, I got in the business a year before that, or the mortgage business, not the insurance business. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. So you were super young too. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. 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 It's been a long road, but you know, we have, when you're in the business, the more, whether you're mortgage or insurance, you see evolution of how it evolves through the years and the different things that happen. And, how you must also evolve in your business. That's really important for any business. But yeah, yeah so here we are today. Uh, who would have thought nearly 30 years ago we would be doing podcasts? You know, yeah, right? This yeah, is right. our first one today. Sean and I have never oh, nice. before. So, so you're pretty courageous because I'm like, hey, you want to yeah. do this? Like, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Well, okay, great. well, yeah. <laughs> you had a family meeting about this, yeah. I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I said, I said, let's get out of the comfort zone. Yeah. Said, are you for you? Yeah. Why, not? So, Why not? So, do you only do house insurance, or is it like, do you have to be only specifically one type of insurance, or can you do any kind of insurance? I mean, it seems like a lot of different expertise that goes into yeah. it, right? No, we we pretty much we pretty much do. Everything. Uh, the only thing that we probably don't do is uh, what's the insurance that you buy for a mortgage? Um, you know, oh, down. yeah, it's like a life insurance for. They call it mortgage insurance. No, no when you uh, when you get it uh, when you get a mortgage, and PMI. PMI. There you go. Oh, right, right, right. My insurance. Yeah, just we, about everything else that we do. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Auto, home, life, commercial, workers' comp, yeah, uh, insurance, business. life insurance. Yeah. Yeah. So because you're business owners, and this is kind of not even our topic tonight, but because you're business owners, it seems like you probably have a lot of knowledge about what a business owner needs, like as far as maybe their own disability or their insurance or their own, like, do you, sure. do you feel like you can kind of speak to that better than the average person maybe? or I don't know about the average agent, but we have a sense of if you are a business owner, what types of insurance that you need. Mm. Um, also have a built-in network too that if there is something that we don't know or is not at our disposal we have access to it so okay. you know being a business owner it's very important that you protect yourself you know it, it's not about opening up your doors and just running a business because you've got to think of the protections as well have the right insurance in place is important yeah you know all those other things budgeting you've got to keep a close eye on what you're spending and versus what your, you know, your cash flow is and all that. Yeah. 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 But yeah. So you could probably help a beginner for sure. Business owner know what they're going to either need now or need soon. Right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But I think, I think the way our, our society or our work or our employment society, we'll call it, this just made up, but employment is going more and more towards self-employment, the gig industry, like it, it is. whatever they, you know, people don't even work at offices hardly anymore in certain yeah. industries, right? So yeah. it seems like that would be a good thing for a self-employed person to, to be able yeah. to talk to you about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay. So why don't you tell us now? So people are blowing up my phone about, should I get earthquake insurance? And I'm like, you know what? I feel like it's such a personal thing, like what I think I need versus what someone else is. So I just felt like it would be better coming from people like you who know the ins and outs, the ups and downs, the, the pros and the cons. And okay. start with just like, what is earthquake insurance? Well, earthquake insurance, Athena, is basically, it's a type of property insurance that if in the event there was an earthquake and it happened to cause damage to your property, that could be your structure that you live in, could be your structure that you own, maybe that you work in, damage to your personal property, that would essentially pay for the damage. It would pay the policyholder if that happened. So earthquake is truly, truly important and something that everyone should consider. Most people, I would say. There are a few instances where maybe people don't really need it so much. Those would be types of people talking in terms of homeownership. If they have a lot of equity to protect in their homes, they might want to consider getting it. Okay. I think people forget that if an earthquake happens, they still have to pay the mortgage. If their home is destroyed, yeah. their mortgage is not forgiven. So it is something that's, uh, that's fairly necessary. It's not mandated by a sense of a mortgage company will always demand that you have it. Though we have encountered over our career a couple of mortgage companies uh, uh, demanded it be included. That, that mandated it. Yeah, that said, I, you know, yeah. the the loan you you live on or near a fault too close. Yeah, you need it. I could see that becoming uh, more common, just like yeah. hazard insurance to close a loan, because the insurance companies uh, are getting really good about identifying where the earthquake faults are. Mm. It's just like the flood uh, zones. Some mortgage companies, they look at the flood zones and they say, you know, in order to get this loan, not only do you have to get the hazard insurance, you have to get flood. So that's becoming more commonplace in California at some point. Yeah, hmm. that's interesting. So there's homeowner versus renters. So homeowner, maybe more strongly, do renters get earthquake insurance or do they, is it kind of like getting a renter's policy? Could a renter get an earthquake renter? Yeah, you, you can, but at that point, it just is protecting your personal property and giving you some loss of use cover. So mm -hmm. if the place that you're living in is uninhabitable and you have to go live someplace else, you can use the loss of use cover to pay rent at another place while that other place is being repaired or to get you help, uh, help you get set up in a new place. Right, because maybe the owner of the building, like if I'm a renter in an apartment building, the owner of the building may not have earthquake insurance, right? Yeah. Right. So what would it protect me? So it would help me to move somewhere else to live while... Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's pretty yes. important. Yeah. That's pretty I think important. so. Yeah. yeah. For renters, it's yeah. fairly inexpensive too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's so, deductible generally on the loss of use coverage. Okay. Yeah. Um, because really belongings, I mean, I guess if I have expensive belongings, but if I'm a renter, I probably don't, right? Yeah. Like I, yeah. I don't have like expensive paintings on the wall or yeah. crystal, yeah. who knows? I don't know, but yeah. yeah. The very basic policy comes with 5,000 for personal property. Okay. 100 for loss of use. Not a lot. 1,500? Yeah. Only 1,500. 1500. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's something that you can spend a little more aside from the basic policy and uh -huh. have that increased if you feel, you know, yeah. It, 1500 is fine for someone that says, well, I'll just move back in with my parents or right. move in with yeah. my brother or my sister for a while. 
that's yeah. fine. 1500 is right. enough. Because that would pay for storage, maybe for your stuff, or pay for you to be in a hotel until yeah. you figure it out, yeah. right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So for a renter, that loss of use coverage is is really, really important. You know, okay. maybe how much, you know, family. Ballpark, how much does that cost usually, do you think? Is it 500 a year, 200 a year? Like what for, kind of? Uh, yeah. For a renter, I think it's probably like, I don't know, $150 a year. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, it has to be fairly economical because it's not a lot of coverage, right? So yeah, yeah. like a whole gamble, yeah. right? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So there's earthquake insurance for your actual home, but then there's also, since we have a lot of investors that listen in, you know, for your apartment building, for your maybe commercial building. So what are the benefits of, say, an apartment building or multifamily building, uh, residential building owner? What's their benefit to having earthquake insurance? Well, the benefit for them, of course, is to you know help rebuild the uh, the apartment building. But the biggest thing I would think would be the uh, the, the loss of income. That and, and any damage to the structure itself, obviously, that gets repaired, rebuilt. So yeah, that's important too. And the, as the the uh, building owner, you've got to decide: is it in the budget? How much equity is in the building? There's yeah. not a whole lot of equity. They tend to not buy it. Yeah. But if there's substantial equity, and we know in California, the property <laughs> values are, yeah. there's a lot of equity out there to protect. So, you know, and, and the news media is doing an excellent job at informing the public of these different earthquake policies that are available. Earthquake preparedness, as you know, is been in the news. It continues to be in the news. Yeah. So when there is seismic activity, so... The awareness is certainly there. So it's just something that everybody really needs to be more aware of and assess for themselves whether or not earthquake is of value to them. Because as you know, with insurance, you don't realize the, the true value of it until you need it. Right. Nobody wants to, something to happen to where they get paid out, right? So yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. how do they figure the, the cost of rebuilding the home? Like how do they put a dollar value on what they're going to pay you to rebuild the home. Do they pay you to rebuild it exactly as it was or upgrade? I mean, how does that work? Yeah, basically, you have to, when you get an earthquake policy, you have to have the exact same building or dwelling coverage amount as you do like on a uh, homeowner's policy. So let's say that your hazard insurance policy or homeowner's insurance policy has 500000 for your dwelling coverage. When you go to get the earthquake policy, you have to have that exact same coverage limit. So that's how you determine what you insure the dwelling for. The rest of the policy is really up to you. How much personal property coverage you want, which mm. do you want, what you want your deductible to be, that kind of thing. Mm. Okay. So because, for example, I have one building that's a 1970s building. You can't really rebuild a 1970s building in a 1970s way. So it is going to be upgraded to today's building. You're, yeah, yes. you're going to have building code coverage uh, in there as well. Yeah. Okay. Typically, it's 10%. Yeah. Okay. Okay, got it. And then if you own, a, say, a more commercial building, like industrial, like if you have a big box, is it worth getting earthquake insurance for that? Yeah. Or, or is it an equity question again? There's a company that just came out with a standalone business interruption earthquake policy. Okay. Yeah. So this is, for, yeah, this is really interesting. This is for somebody that has a business, but they don't own the building. Okay. The building is destroyed so they can no longer generate an income. Right. 
So the business interruption policy pays them for that loss of income. So, and that's just a standalone policy all by itself. Huh. Uh, and well, it, that's super cool. It came out March of this year. Yeah. There's wow. Nobody doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's that is, cool. you know, you, especially like uh, anyone who's in like sales of some kind, you know, the the ice cream shop or the, you know, anyone who's selling to the public. If you're a service industry, yeah, you could probably, you know, do business at a home or find another rental. But if if your business was the location, the goodwill was the traffic, you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Like electricity yeah. goes out. Absolutely. You, know, you can't make phone calls. The yeah. Goes down. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So now kind of the money part is what kind of deductibles can people expect out of like what what is the cost structure of something like that? Like if my house is fifteen hundred square feet and I pay six hundred a year for fire insurance or homeowners insurance, what's to be expected with the earthquakes? I heard it's super expensive. It really depends on where the property is located. Okay. If you're at fault, you're going to pay more. Yeah. Right. Risk, you're going to pay more than someone who is further away. Okay. The South Bay, I just actually looked at a, a quote today. Mm-hmm. Some home was insured for about 500000 Their basic earthquake policy through the CEA was about $100 for the year. It was 12, How much? 1200 Okay. So Six, that's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad, yeah. but again, that's the basic coverage. It's yeah, the, but it probably had a 15% uh, deductible, 15% right? deductible. Yes, it did. So That's what I hear. And, uh, and the $1,500 loss of use, is, <laughs> is that enough to relocate? No. You know, someone, if they're yeah. home, you know, for any length of time, probably not. Yeah. Right. So this is for massive destruction, kind of. Yeah. Right. So is it 15% of the value of rebuilding it, the 500000 Yeah. Yeah. 75 grand is your deductible. That is correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and, that's where you got to think, well, how much equity do I have in my house that I'm trying to protect? Mm. If you've got thousand in equity, you know, you might want to just walk away from it. Mm. You know, you look at that and you're like, I love this house. I love this location. I'm never going to leave. So you know, even though my equity isn't there. Right. You know, right. I see. Yeah, it comes down to personal decision yeah. you know, at that point. And, and also, let's be clear, and, and I get this question a lot. A lot of people say, well, my God, the deductible is $40,000. Right. $40,000 to give the insurance company when it comes time to pay my deductible. But that's not how it works. What they do in the event of, of a loss, uh-huh. determine how much loss there is. They actually subtract the deductible from the side oh. and that. So yes, it's not yeah. like you have to write a check or give that. That's what we all think. We all think, oh my God, there's never a time I'm going to have that yeah. much yeah. get the money out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not still, like that. But still, yeah, you, yeah. So, if you rebuild, you got to take that $40,000 loss and you're going you're gonna to feel it somewhere, right? When you yeah, rebuild. So, so. Yeah, so maybe instead of putting on that you know, really intricate architectural roof that yeah. you had, maybe yeah. <laughs> Typical three yeah. cab. You have to downgrade a little bit. You yeah. do. You do. Right. You know, to yeah. try to offset that money that got deducted. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. But at least you're not writing, like I seriously thought you have to write that check. Nobody has that kind of money. No. Like, okay. Not at all. Oh, that's a big, and that's I don't a big. Know. I don't know why that's really not publicized more than what it is. It comes up a lot if some, when earthquakes are around, it tends to come up. 
When we're quoting it, a lot of times someone's eye is drawn to that deductible of $40,000. I mean, I think people are aware of what a deductible is. No insurance, they get into an accident, they know they have their deductible to pay, right? Right. So when it comes to the deductible and earthquake policy policy and it being so high like that, yeah. They're a little, you know, distraught when they see that. So, oh, yeah, it's freakish. It is oh, freakish yeah. to think you have to write a check like that, you know? I know. It is a big amount of money, but it's also, people have to understand, it's a way that the insurance company can keep those premiums down, too. Right. Were no deductibles at all, you'd be feeling it a lot more in the pocketbook yeah. to buy. Right. Policy maybe now is 5000 a year. That's right. So Yeah, so I was just thinking of something, and it slipped my mind now. Well, anyway, it'll come back to me. Oh, no. So I was going to ask you, so how do they determine how much you're going to get covered for like, how do they know it's going to cost me? Because the 500000 is to rebuild the house or also the garage or what, the buildings, right? Because the dirt didn't get hurt. It's still there. So this 500000 you're talking about is to rebuild the actual structures, right? Right. Okay. So how do they determine how much it's going to cost me? Like me as a layperson, I don't really know. Do I use... $100 a square foot, 200 Like, how are they determining what it's going to cost to rebuild my house? Well, it goes back to the homeowner's insurance policy, hazard policy. When that policy is written up, the insurance companies use proprietary software to determine what the replacement cost should be. If there's a fire, you have a total loss. Mm-hmm. That same number just carried over to the uh, oh, okay. earthquake coverage limit. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I do remember you saying that. Okay. Okay, so that's good. Oh, and can we push to get... <laughs> so let's say we don't like the number they have there. <laughs> do, do, is, is there a way we can push the number up? Or? No, not really. No. Well, if, if, well, here, if you feel that your property is underinsured, even after we've come up with the number, absolutely, we, uh, but we can't go backwards. Right, okay. So do it now because when something happens, it's too late to argue whatever it is. Well, you know, if you're not going to get earthquake insurance, your homeowner's policy has tippet well. What we offer is an additional 50% beyond the limit that shows on the declarations page. Okay. So yeah. So let's say you insure for 500000 and you have this additional endorsement. So you've got another 250000 So really, to rebuild your home in the event of a fire, it's seven fifty. Yeah. Okay. If you're not going to get uh, earthquake insurance, I'd be totally happy with that. But if you feel that your home is underinsured at that 500, and you're going to get earthquake, then yeah, maybe you want to push that number a little bit more. Right. Okay. That makes, that makes sense? sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So you mentioned these letters CEA. So who's CEA that you mentioned earlier? Yeah. Well, the CEA is the California Earthquake Authority. They are an insurance company essentially that offers earthquake. They are not the only one. But the CEA was actually born from what had ex- we had all experienced years ago, which was it first started out in the 80s where mandate of earthquake uh, became the law of the land, where if you were a homeowner's insurance company and you were um, selling homeowner's insurance, you had to also offer earthquake. That became the law. Well, when the well-known Northridge earthquake happened January 17, 1994... Four. Right. When that happened, the insurance companies took a big hit. There were $20 billion worth of losses, and only about half of those got covered. So the insurance insurance companies went into panic mode at that point, and they started not writing 
uh, homeowners insurance well, policies yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah. What, what they tried to do was, okay, we're just going to offer homeowners insurance. And Department of Insurance said, no, it's the law that if you sell homeowners insurance, you must also offer earthquake. That's right. So they're like, well, we're not going to offer earthquake. So we're just going to stop selling homeowners insurance. Yeah. So that also had a, a big effect on the mortgage industry because we were having lots of problems trying to close escrows. Yeah. For people that were trying to buy because they couldn't get homeowners insurance. So I do remember that. We had to have that? appraisers go out and reinspect homes to see if yes. they were still there or if they were yes. red tagged. And yes. It was a mess. Mess. yes. Yeah. So after the earthquake uh, in 1994, it took two years. Finally, the CEA was born and uh, insurance companies or insurance, yeah, insurance companies. They had to decide whether or not they wanted to be a participating partner with the CEA. You know, they could offer their own earthquake products. So that's why you have today, you have some that participate in the CEA and offer a CEA earthquake policy, okay. some that have their own type of policy. So that's interesting. So it's a branch of the government or it's a part of the. It's not. It's no. actually, it is a nonprofit. Privately funded, publicly managed company. Okay. Wow. That's super interesting. And then insurance companies can partner with those guys. Yes. Instead yes. of having their own funds, I guess, covering yes. the yes. Okay. Yeah. That is correct. There's about 20 companies that actually participate, maybe 25 yeah. that participate with the, uh, the CEA. Okay. Uh, yeah. And the companies that do offer, it's kind of a tricky question here or an answer. Companies that decide that they want to offer earthquake insurance, insurance they always offer the minimum. A uh, basic policy. That's going to be okay. 1000 for the personal property, 1500 loss of use, and you cannot change those limits. Oh. So, and the other thing is, is um, when your policy is either written up brand new, they offer that to you. They give you 30 days to accept or reject, and they won't offer it to you again for another year, uh, another two years. Oh, wow. So if someone misses the boat, they've missed it for an entire two years. Right. But we but, have... Yeah. No, we have uh, standalone companies that just offer. Oh. So we can get insurance anytime. Yeah. And a lot of times, they offer better coverage at a more affordable price yeah. than, than what the insurance company is offering and the CEA. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. So when somebody comes to us and says, yeah, I'm interested in earthquake insurance, we go through all those. We go to the CEA, the, you know, the insurance companies, what they're offering. So you cost compare for that person's yes. particular, yeah. particular situation. Yeah. Oh, that is really cool. Yeah. Okay. And so is there anything I forgot to ask? Like, what would you say is the most important thing about this earthquake insurance that people should know? Well, the most important thing is... Basically, you really need to evaluate yourself as an individual. I wouldn't let the fact that the news media is out there promoting it, uh, the state level is promoting it. You just really yourself look at your financial position, your budget, your exposure. Are you near a fault? You know, people ask us too all the time, how do I know if there's a fault nearby? There's yeah. A website that they can go to. You can actually start at www.earthquakeauthority.com. From there, there's a basic map. 
but there's links in there that can take you to a real big map in California that you can actually zoom in on where those faults are. So you can assess your own risk. We all know in California that the San Andreas Fault, that's the big one. It's not been tremendously active, but it's there. And there is going to be more earthquakes that follow. I mean, there's no doubt about that. So Yeah, they know uh, that there's 15,000 faults throughout California. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. And 500 of them are active. Yeah. I think they also said that most homeowners are within 30 miles. Within 30 miles. Uh, in, you know, of, yeah. a, of a fault that's active. Yeah. So the river, the one that just happened in Riverside in, uh, I forgot that little, Ridgecrest, tiny town. I mean, how shocking for those tiny people. Town. That, yeah. I mean, that, you know, but miles away at my condo in Palm Springs, I actually have cracks and like my... Do you really? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you can have, you know, slight damage that's kind of irritating, right? I mean, it's like, you know, it's just slight, but it's enough to where, yeah, you've got to take the crown molding down because it's separated. Just those crack tiles. So do you leave those like that? Or do you say, you know, this doesn't look right? And, you know, my condo is like a rental for out-of-towners, right? I mean, uh, uh, short-term rentals, and they're from Canada. So imagine, most of them are. So they come and they're like, oh my gosh, why is everything cracked? And why is that wall kind of looking sad? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to get You know, and then, you know, Ridgecrest to them will seem very close, right? 30 yeah. miles or I don't know how far it is, but it's pretty close. Yeah. So you also leave things to people's imagination, I think. You know, yeah. they won't take care of things. So that, that was my other question I forgot to ask. So if someone owns a condo, so they own the condo, they're not a renter, but they are in a communal building, right? They're in a building that, you know, has their own insurance, but then you as a condo owner should have insurance. So, and by the way, I did not have earthquake insurance. So what is a condo? What's your take on a condo owner? Is it worth it for them to get? Like, I don't have a lot of equity, but then as I described, it kind of looks a little weird to have all these cracks. You know, I'm kind of torn with this because obviously coming from an insurance guy, I think you should have everything. Right. But let's say that you live in in a condo and the association does not have an earthquake insurance policy, right? Which I think is typical, right? I don't run across a lot of condos. There's a few. Yeah. There's a few. But it's not the norm, I guess. Okay. It it isn't, by the way. So let's let's say that, you know, that the structure is severely damaged and you can't live in there but you have earthquake insurance, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't get anybody to go in there and, and repair your unit until the structure is fixed. And that's the HOA's responsibility. Right. So I, I have a problem it's with a, that. It's a, chal- it's a challenge, yeah. challenging situation if that key scenario yeah. ever happens. So I, I'm, honestly, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I would imagine there'd be lawsuits flying like crazy, but mm-hmm. that is a problem. If the HOA has an earthquake policy, and you yourself, you or you know, they work together at that point. Right. Yeah. But you're saying that, I think what you're saying is if the condo association doesn't have earthquake, then it mitigates the very thing that you're trying to help yourself with by getting yeah. earthquake insurance. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously you would have... The outside looks terrible, but you fixed your crown molding. What good does that do, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you would have your you know, coverage for your personal property and loss of use if it becomes uninhabitable. Right. So you would be able to use that part of it. You just wouldn't be able to fix the place back up to move back in if, if the association is pulling itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah that's, that's interesting. 
Yeah. Well, hopefully people will consider it. So unless you have anything to add to this, I think this has been very helpful. So if someone wanted to just run by you, you know, their own personal house or condo or commercial building, how do they get in touch with you to um, ask questions? and, And I'm sure you're super busy right now. So maybe the best way to contact you and kind of your turn times for answering and stuff like that. Yeah, they can actually call us at any time. Phone number 310-214-2444. They can also go to our website, fill out the contact us form from the main menu. That website is www.zinkerinsurance.com and it's Z-E-N-K-E-R insurance.com. And uh, yeah, we'd welcome that opportunity. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for joining me tonight, you guys. It was oh, very amazing. I, I learned a lot, which is always great. So thanks for yeah. joining me. And hopefully we'll talk again soon. And uh, okay. have a great evening. And you're kind of, are you two hours ahead in Arizona? Or are you? Right now, we're the same. You're the same time. Okay. Yes. Yeah. When you fall back, we will be off an hour. Okay, great. So hopefully we'll pass the no more. Hopefully they'll eliminate time zones and we won't ever have to deal with that again. Since you brought that up. Yes. We are are licensed in California and in Arizona as well. That's right. Oh, so everyone who has their vacation condos in Arizona, which is a lot of people. That's a lot of people. I know you have a tax-free, state tax-free state there. Is that right? We do. Yes. Yes. Everyone's rushing to the door right now, packing up their condos. We are getting a lot of Californians moving to Arizona. It's a great place to buy property right now. Yeah. Our real estate market here is hot and extremely affordable. So awesome. We're keeping an eye out right now because our daughter is in the market. She wants to get her own place. And you know, you can buy a really nice house for low twos, two fifty. Wow. No, oh yeah. I'm pretty sure that's like maybe a garage here or Oh yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much, guys. Thank you, Athena. Okay. Have a great night. This has been another episode of Mike Cashflow Academy's Investors Corner with your host, Athena Paquette Cornier. We wish you all the success you deserve as you use what you've learned here out in the real world. Check out the blog post for this episode, along with many more helpful resources at mycashflowacademy.com.